We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the week 15 edition of the Prime Point Show. Uh, I am back after a one-week uh, vacation to the House of the Mouse down there in Florida. Uh, glad Dean could fill in for everybody, but happy to be here. Uh, not with my regular crew. Uh, Graham had a late call-in, uh, had a family emergency he had to get to, but there is a deep bench at the fantasypoints.com. We've got Chris back. Uh, he was on, I think, in week four something like that. Uh, one of the big data guys at Fantasy Points. Happy to have you back, Chris. What's going on? Excited to be back. Uh, yeah, I think week four is a crazy uh, charting week for us always early in the season. And this week was also crazy with multiple like super long games. So I feel like it feels like I'm right back to week four again. So we're right back at it. <laughs> Cleveland Jaguars game still going on, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it still is. Uh, Jake is here uh, as well. Jake, happy to have you back. Uh, what What happened last week? How was it with Dean? And what are we looking forward to for week 15? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was great with Dean last week. Always enjoy talking to Dean. Real, real nice guy. Love, uh, love his takes. Although, you know, always disappointing to miss out on some of Britt's great picks. Um, but uh, yeah, so my big takeaway from week 15 was that Cincinnati Bengals are running back centric offense. 
with Jake Browning under center. Joe Mixon has recorded two of the top 30 running back workloads by expected fantasy points of the season over his last two games. And the Bengals' pass rate over expectation has been effectively neutral over that stretch. If we extrapolate Joe Mixon's stats from Jake Browning starts over the full six over the full season, Mixon would be the RB1 by usage and the RB2 by production. He sadly isn't on the main slate, but Joe Mixon is priced as the RB3 at just 6,600 on the Saturday three-game slate. I know Chase Brown is working in a little bit. I imagine some people are going to want to play Chase Brown for DFS, but at least looking at you know the raw usage numbers, our favorite stat, expected fantasy points. I mean, Joe Mixon is just killing it. I thought it was Chase Brown season. Is, is that is that not true? <laughs> No, I mean, by, you know, looking at expected fantasy points, he's about doubled his expectation. Uh, he's, you know, run incredibly well overall. I, you know, I think that, you know, could mean more playing time for Chase Brown, but right now Mixon is still the bell cow. Chris, what do you think on Browning? Because it's just, when the 50 yards, when, when a screen pass, every, every single one you throw goes for 50 yards. It makes all the stats look good. The eight outs pretty low for him. What do you think of him and this Bengals offense overall? He's just kind of doing uh, what he's being asked to do, really. I mean, they're not asking him to push the ball down the field. And when you've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Tanner Hudson has even looked good at times. And then really Chase Brown uh, out of the backfield. All these guys like have some juice to him. And he's just being asked to get the ball in their hands and let them do their thing. I know Jake uh, talked about Mixon. And Mixon definitely doesn't have juice like those guys. But he, you know, he's a volume guy. He's still getting the volume. I do think that we are going to see a little bit more Chase Brown here and there. Like, I would never bet him to get inside the 10 carries or anything like that, but him getting some more touches, some more screens was what they really worked in last week with him. Uh, that's all Browning's really being asked to do, and he's being good at it. I mean, we've seen that be a success story for many QBs over time. Sounds like, is, is this Brock Purdy all over again? I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's what, what I was thinking. <laughs> I, about. I didn't want to say a lot of Brock Purdy slander <laughs> going out there on the internet. So we'll have to see on that one. Uh, so real quick, my takeaways, I've got a player, I've got a team, and I've got a season takeaway here. So my first is a player take, and it looks like Jake is maybe sort of on the same board as me as this one. Joe Joe Flacco, is is he elite, Jake? Because it's looking like he's coming back, and he's not dinking and dunking. He's slinging the rock down the field. He's the best quarterback by far the Browns have had on the field this year. He's getting his Njoku Cooper at 14 targets last week. Dude's throwing it all over the field right now. You can't run on Chicago How's this set up for Joe Flacco as a player overall? Because this is, a, you know, a resurgence. And how does it go basically for the rest of the league that leaves him on the sideline? And we are just running out. This is sort of a take a little bit later, but just players that really shouldn't be even second or third string quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and Flacco over here is just sitting on the sideline. Yeah, no, it's it's been incredible what Joe Flacco has done. I mean, we're going to I think we're going to talk about his underdog prop a little bit later, which is just way too low. Um, but yeah, he looks like another great play this week facing a Bears pass funnel. Um, yeah, I'll let Chris speak. He's the uh, he's the charting guru as to how good or bad Joe Flacco has actually been. But it's been you know great seeing an aggressive quarterback under center for the Browns finally. Yeah, he was he was on the Jets last year, guys, and the Jets. <laughs> The Jets rolled into the season with Zach Wilson as their backup QB. And that is just crazy. Flacco shouldn't, should with all the QB injuries this year, Flacco was on the streets way too long. I know he's not, he's not elite. He's not anything special, but he is better than probably a third of the QBs we've seen play this season, which, you know, so he should have been on a team a while back. Yeah. And that's sort of, uh, I'll go to my season take, man, the injuries this year, just, it has just killed my desire for like, not really for daily fantasy is ever, but season long, I do a lot of 
um, best ball dynasty and things like that. But it is just, does it, is it, I, I guess I want to see, have there been more injuries this year or is it just that the injuries, they're all, every quarterback's gotten hurt this year for multiple weeks, if not entire seasons. And it just, it lowers the ceilings. We want touchdowns. We want play. So just a little bit disappointing overall. And it, it's not stopping. If anything, it's only getting worse as the season comes to a close here with more superstar players getting injured every week. A, a little sad. It, it is football. These things happen. It's like a, a, a contact sport with a lot of very athletic, uh, high-powered, uh, high-weight guys. And injuries are always going to happen. But it just seems a, a little sad this year uh, from a fantasy's perspective. And then my, my team takeaway the the Chiefs are in trouble. Like, is it? They have it's it's Patrick Mahomes, and like a defense that was pretty good. And I don't know if like maybe they were playing a little bit over their head, but they basically have to rely on Patrick Mahomes to be Mahomesian every single play. He has to be pulling something out for, in order for this offense to really move the ball right now. They Pacheco's probably going to be out uh, another week or two. You got Rasheed Rice, right? Great, a great ascension of a, a player we want to play. But man, Travis Kelsey, I, I just he's planning a spe a special, spectacular dinner for Taylor Swift on her birthday. That's tomorrow. That's Wednesday night. You think he cares anything about football right now? Absolutely not. This man, he's in love. Uh, if I don't know, is, will he even be back next year? But he, he's also getting a little bit older. He's not the Travis Kelsey of two or three years ago, too. At least from from an on field performance. But I don't know. I think the Chiefs are in trouble. There's ways that. The Broncos could just – they could steal that division. Both teams have very soft schedules, and the Chiefs uh, do have a game up on them. But I, I think the Chiefs are uh, – I'm really worried about them long-term. They're going to need a, a very high-powered uh, offseason, I think, uh, specifically getting him uh, an, an elite wide receiver. I think it's really tough to do that under the salary cap. But just a couple of takeaways for me. Joe Flacco looks pretty good. Uh, the season overall injuries are, are just killing us from a fantasy's perspective. And uh, the Chiefs is a team. Uh, I, I'm not betting them either side of that New England game, uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a big believer in the Chiefs currently right now. Uh, Chris, let's go to you. What are What's a, a takeaway you might have uh, either week 15 or in the season as a whole? So uh, similar to kind of your Chiefs takes, uh, I'm really worried about the Lions and their kind of playoff hopes and everything. They were they're a team that I really like coming into the season, still really like and would would love to see a lot of guys on that team easy to root for with Dan Campbell in particular. But man, they they have faced numerous mobile QBs since Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, have been there, and they just seem to refuse to get it figured out. Justin Fields kills them every time he plays them. They their home road splits are bad again for another year in a row. I don't know. That could be mostly Jared Jared Goff not being as good on the road more than anything. But yeah, it's just in a, in a conference where they're likely going to have to go on the road now and play and run into at least Philly at some point with Hertz, who's a mobile QB. Purdy can move and well enough. Dak has been using his legs more. They, it just seems like they have a team that's probably going to go into the playoffs as the three seed in the NFC and just doesn't really feel like they actually have a shot to get to the Super Bowl this year. I, I don't even think the Eagles have a shot. That that the NFC is the it's the Cowboys and it's the 49ers, I think without question are the only two good teams. And I don't even think the AFC has a good team. Uh, I think there's there's basically two good teams. The 49ers are the clear cream, cream of the crop for me. Dallas probably second and then uh again the AFC. Some, someone's got to show me something. I don't think there's an actual good team over there in the AFC. Uh so a quick couple of takeaways from the three of us. Uh, next segment we like to get to is our stand segment where we sort of tease you uh, for something later in the 
it's an it's an hour long show. We got to get you guys to to stick around for it. So I'm going to start with my stand, and uh, my, I'm coming at it from a sports book book perspective. And there is a road favorite this week that I would put the line a full three points higher than it currently is right now. Three points in the NFL on a line is a lot. Uh, I, I just can't believe the books. It's like a free money promotion in my eyes <laughs> that they're offering us. Uh, so I've put uh, quite a few American dollars on on this game already. Uh, we'll get to that in the sports betting segment. Uh, but that's my stand for the week. Uh, Chris, let's go to you. What, what kind of stand are you working on? Yeah, I think there is a former top three fantasy running back that has not been so this year that I think has a shot to be back in that top three range to close out the season. I know Jake's going to talk about it in particular. Well. I'll let him explain on more when we get to that. Yes, the, he is a prop that looks very, very nice uh, for, uh, I think, for all three of us this week. Uh, all right, Jake, you're staying, and then we'll talk some DFS. Yeah, so I want as much action as I can get this week on the winning quarterback from Super Bowl 56. Just looking at his DFS prices, his early week props on some of these pick sites. I mean, man, this is a really juicy spot, so I'm excited to talk about him in a bit. So I had to Google Super Bowl 56. So that was, wait, was that the one from last year? That was uh, the 2021 season. So that would have been 2021. Oh, yeah. So it was in, in 2022. All right. So I didn't know if you were talking past, present, future. I don't know what Super Bowl it is, but we'll get a good stance segment out of that one. Uh, but before, we're going to get to DFS. But before I do that, I got to tell you guys about Sim Labs. Uh, it is behind the paywall here at Roto Grinders, but don't worry. Uh, it is available to all combo and NFL premium subscribers. You also have access to NFL Sim Labs too. You can use Sim Labs to generate DFS lineups through the power of simulation. It combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. In just a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you're playing. Be sure to check out the link in the description for more info, uh, a fun tool, uh, the Sims are are taking over DFS in these large field tournaments. Uh, you can use them in smaller field tournaments too, but very easy to use. Make sure to go check that out uh, with Sim Labs. All right, let's get the DFS. My man Jake over here. Uh, he's writing early week DFS at Fantasy Points every single week. I like to go to him first. Jake, what's it look like for Week Ten? Well, first, no, I looked at the schedule. Sixteen games, no buys. But they play three games on Saturday. There's a Thursday. There's Monday night. There's only 10 games on the main slate. I was hoping we'd get like 14, but it's just 10. Still a lot of fun choices to me. Yeah, it's pretty light on the main slate, especially if you like to split your action between 1 p.m. only and 4 p.m. only. I mean, just looking at these totals, the 1 p.m. slate is pretty brutal, but, you know, still a lot of potential here. As always, uh, looking at quarterback, I felt like the chalk was, you know, pretty, it really jumped out to me this week. Matthew Stafford at just 6,000 against a Washington pass defense that has been a total disaster as of late. Stafford's averaged 24 DraftKings points per game uh, over his last three games, and he's thrown 10 touchdowns over that stretch. He looks really good, and, you know, his receivers are finally healthy. I imagine he's going to be mega chalk at the quarterback position, along with Justin Fields, uh, $700 cheaper than his week one price tag, and he's averaged 20. 8.7 DraftKings fantasy points per game over his last four games against teams that aren't the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and he plays a very man-heavy Cleveland Browns defense. And remember, guys, man coverage, defenders have their backs turned to the quarterback, so that could open up some big rushing lanes for Justin Fields. Brock Purdy also falls into that same category. Great matchup against Arizona, has been playing really well as of late. So I think those three guys are really going to be where the plurality of quarterback ownership lands this week. Uh, moving on to running back, Juba Hubbard really jumped out to me as just a strong dumpster diving option. 15 expected fantasy points per game in his five
five games with offensive coordinator Thomas Brown calling plays. That would be RB12 over the full season. And he scored over 20 DraftKings points in two of his last four. So if you need to save salary, I do think Chuba Hubbard is going to be an intriguing option. And despite the fact that he's, you know, pretty much only involved in the run game, he gets a few targets. Um, it was very encouraging that, you know, Carolina lost by 22 last week, but he still had 23 carries. So it looks like they are just very dedicated to pounding the rock. And, you know, Chuba Hubbard's been the main beneficiary. Um, if you want to pay up a little more, though, James Cook remains interesting. His inside the 10 role has actually more than doubled since they got rid of offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. So he offers pretty strong touchdown equity and what is, you know, clearly the best offensive environment of the slate in this Buffalo game against Dallas. And then wide receiver feel like I only really need one take here. Rasheed Rice, I mean, it's only Tuesday, but he's looking to me like the best wide receiver play of the slate. Career-high 82% route share on Sunday. He's been a top 12 wide receiver by both production and usage over the last three weeks, which happened to be his only three games with a route share over 60%. Remember, on a per-route basis, he's earning targets at a higher rate than Travis Kelsey, CeeDee Lamb, and Mike Evans. Playing time was really his only obstacle. From this point forward, I consider Rasheed Rice a low-end wide receiver one. Yeah, I was trying to find him here on lineup HQ. Or it looks like somehow why not. Oh, some something's missing with the Kansas City game, so those players aren't in there. I was going to ask you, too, from the DFS. We've got Amari Cooper, what's right, 6K, and Amari Cooper and 14 targets last week from Joe Flacco, 6,100. You would you would still take Rice all day on, on that one, even against the Patriots. The Patriots, they're, they're going to shut down Travis Kelsey. But they've been really good at stopping the wide receiver one from teams this year. How do you think that game's going to play out? Rice or Cooper or something? You know, it's Tuesday. Um, there's some weather. I'll talk about weather in just a second. Uh, but yeah, what's your take on that? Yeah. So what's interesting is, yeah, the Patriots have been tough against opposing wide receiver ones, but I think that's primarily because they, you know, they just devote so much attention, attention to a team's top option, which in Kansas mm -hmm. city's case would be Travis Kelsey mm -hmm. on a schedule adjusted basis, at least over the last five or six weeks, New England has actually been very weak against wide receivers. So I would consider this a plus matchup for Rasheed Rice. Amari Cooper's matchup isn't quite as strong, at least, you know, on paper schedule adjusted. Uh, but Chicago is a major pass funnel. And, you know, like we've noted, Joe Flacco is really slinging the rock. I still prefer Rasheed Rice overall. That said, you know, it is only Tuesday. Ownership could dictate things, but I'd imagine both guys will be quite popular. All right. I want to know, too, late in the season, and I guess from a sports betting perspective, um, sort of bit me on a couple of games last week is the weather. Um, so I'm I'm really just betting the betting games early that are either in dome or I'm just so confident in it that I don't care about the weather. But real quick, it's Tuesday, so I'm looking ahead. We don't really know, and even some of the weather we thought we we're people were talking about Thursday, Friday didn't really come to all that fruition. Uh, but I want to know the Baltimore at Jacksonville that looks like it could have a lot of wind and rain. Um, the Dallas Buffalo game looks like it could have a lot of wind. Uh, the Jets Miami game I went to go look at the total on that one. It was at 39. I was like, huh. And I know it's like the Jets, um, but it's because it, it's going to rain and with 20 mile per hour winds is currently in the forecast here. So just pay attention to the weather, whether you're sports betting, uh, props, totals, sides, anything like that earlier in the week, uh, especially late in the season. If it's not in a dome, hold off to get a little bit clearer path. Uh, cost me a few dollars. Uh, had, a, had a great month, November through December. Um, but yeah, check, check the weather. So I want to note that. And I want to note too, like running back, why? Chris, I'll ask you, why does it take till week 15 for us to have like 10 workhorse running backs to choose from, right? Why do all these teams start off the season with we're, we have two man committees and we have a receiving back and a, a run, you know, a guy who's just going to run and we're going to rotate three guys and play the hot hand because now we just have teams giving 
it's because everyone's been injured. Uh, we just give one player the ball all the time. Uh, we've got Christian McCaffrey. We've got Saquon Barkley. We've got Rashad White. You've got Brees Hall now getting the ball. You've got Kyron Williams. You've got like all these guys are just, they're getting the ball every single play for their team. They're not coming off the field. I thought that was going to be Elvin Kamara a little bit last week. They ended up splitting with Jamal Williams. It kind of hurt. I uh, didn't really have the performance we all thought he was going to have here. What running backs are you looking at? Because basically the entire tier to me, you obviously have Christian McCaffrey, who's, you know, what he's going to get into the end zone, have his hundred total yards. Does he get two touchdowns? Does he get three? Does he get four? Who, who really knows? There's, there's no limit to what Christian McCaffrey can do, but do you need 9,300 when you have, you have a Kyron Williams playing every play. You have Rashad White playing all the time, being they're finally able to run the ball in Tampa, and this is against Green Bay. You've got a couple other options. You, you know, you can go down to the the six K, the five K tier. Uh, we mentioned Chuba Hubbard, right? He's getting twenty five carries a game. You don't have to go up to the top. How are you handling this? Yeah, there's. I felt like last week there was four or five running backs that like you could really play and feel good about in terms of the way the pricing broke down and everything. And this week there really is. I don't, there's guys in pretty much every range that you could make cases for as, as good plays right now. I feel like, you know, it feels like a looking through wide receiver doesn't look as strong. Wouldn't be shocked if it's a week where you kind of want to play running back in the flex. And then, like you said, you got McCaffrey um, again, if, if Taysom Hill's out again, I would go back to Kamara. I know Jamal Williams was more involved, but when they got down to the, in the inside the 10 in the red zone, Kamara was the guy mostly on the field. Uh, Kyron Williams is like, he's, he's basically the biggest bell cow in the league right now. Uh, Saquon, the, the Miami guys are priced up kind of expensive. They're kind of tough to justify at that price. Um, but we know that they have an, a huge ceiling. Probably my favorite guy is actually Ezekiel Elliott though. At only 5.8 K. I mean, he handled 88% of the carries last week, 29% target share. Nobody in the league was close to those numbers last week, last year or last week. Um, I don't care that they're playing the Patriots when you're getting that type of volume. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. The chiefs. Uh, and I, again, I was going to pull it up on line of HQ, but it looks like you have some sort of difficulty here. The workload for Zeke. Uh, we'll talk about him a little. There's a, there's some, uh, early week numbers on the fantasy pick'em sites. <laughs> so you don't want to get in on these when we get to that segment in just a few minutes, these numbers will not last as the week goes through. Uh, I want to ask, does either one of you have a take on the Rams wide receiver? We saw Cooper cup come back and, you know, his route tree, his participation, his targets, his production. Old Cooper Cup looked back last week. It's against Washington. Do you want him? Do you want Puka, who is a little bit cheaper? I, I think when they're close to the same price and Cup, you know, I, I don't know, I think Cooper Cup's probably the, the better play over Puka at close to the price tag. Are, are we all on the same train with that? Um, You know, it's, it's tough for me. I think I would lean cup overall but you know puka washington especially on the outside has just been a total disaster so puka has a, a slightly better matchup here um and you know i mean you can probably discount this a bit due to you know cups nagging injury but um you know puka's seen better volume overall over the course of the last you know six seven weeks so mm -hmm. i i think they're both really strong plays i think stafford double stacks are going to be quite popular and yeah i i really like both guys yeah, and I think even with Tyreek Hill with the ankle injury, it's the Jets. I think we'd all go to the CeeDee Lamb over Tyreek Hill as the top play of the week. 
Yeah, and I'd imagine with McCaffrey playing Arizona, you probably won't see crazy ownership on on Lamb. Although, you know, people are really going to want to game stack Dallas and Buffalo. So to me, it's I, I'd clearly take you know McCaffrey over Lamb in the in the flex. But yeah, the the game environments could could shift things there for ownership. All right, a couple wide receivers I was looking at. Uh, you've got Jaden Reed at what forty nine hundred. You've got Christian Watson and Wicks banged up. And you're, you know, you get a receiver with a couple of carries in there too. He's scoring touchdowns all the time at 4,900. I think he's going to be reasonably popular. And then the, the 3K ish tier, you always, you know, especially if we're going to try to get a Lamb or a McCaffrey in our lineups, you do need, you know, to go dumpster diving in the 3K tier, but it's not really that bad this week if the Houston injuries play out and Stroud starts. I mean, you've got Hutchinson or John Mechie. Uh, they're both 3K. You've got Wandell Robinson. He had a big night on Monday night. I think he's 3,700. Uh, if, uh, who is it, Tutu Atwell's out. You've got Demarcus Robinson. What did he have? I think he had 10 targets, and he's 3,600. Uh, yeah, for the Rams. I mean, that that's pretty interesting to, to swerve off either Cup or Puka, who will probably draw some ownership here. Uh, just three receptions. But if he's going to get 10 targets again at 3,600, you're going to want to keep your eye on him. Uh, there's just... I don't know. I think there's a, a couple viable sub 4K wide receivers. You've got Reed at 4,900. Uh, he's someone I'm going to be targeting if both Watson and Wicks can't make it in. Uh, just a, a pretty deep wide receiver uh, pool, even on a 10-game slate. Uh, Chris, is there anything specifically you wanted to talk about uh, DFS-wise? Uh, the only other wide receivers that I don't think you mentioned that I like is Garrett Wilson had a 39% target share with Zach Wilson back last week. He gets Miami. Obviously you mentioned the weather, got to check, make sure that is all okay. But DeAndre Hopkins just did seven for 124 and one versus uh, Miami last night. So they Garrett Wilson could have another good game there at only, I think he's like 50, he's in the five yeah, point 58. Yeah. 58. That's pretty cheap for him. Uh, Samari Torre, if Wicks misses and Christian Watson's out for Jordan Love, is not bad for the stone minimum price. Yep, another 3K. So, those are that's pretty much it, though. Yeah, Jake at tight end, what are we doing? Uh, you know, early week at tight end, you've got Joe Flacco, he loves his like, uh, who, um, oh man, who's the tight end he had all those years in Baltimore? Oh man. As soon as you say it, I'll know. Um, but you, you know, he, lo he loves the tight end is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> and it's showing with David Njoku. This dude's turned into a beast uh, as soon as he's jumped in there. There is a lot to like at tight end. Not Travis Kelsey, by the way, uh, up towards the top. Probably not going to play Trey McBride uh, against San Francisco. But there's just uh, a lot to like starting with Njoku at just 4,700. And then if you go even cheaper, like there's a couple viable cheap wide receivers. You've got or cheap tight ends. Uh, we've got uh, Hunter Henry had two touchdowns last week. If the injury situation at, at wide receiver for New England plays out uh, and, and uh, Demario Douglas might not suit up, you've got Hunter Henry. You're probably going to have to pass the ball against Kansas City. I think he's relatively cheap. You've got uh, with Zach Wilson back, Tyler Conklin came back to life. He's reasonably cheap. You've got Kraft for Green Bay, who's on the field all the time. He had himself a reasonable night. He's cheap. Uh, and you've got Ch uh, the Titans, Chigakonku, who's, what, 2,900? And if Josh, uh, what is it, Josh Weil, uh, Wiley, uh, not a big name most people know about, but if he's out, Chig's basically the only tight end going to be playing every snap, and he's 2,900, had himself a reasonable game last night. 
Uh, Njoku's probably like the target you never really want to spend all the way up on DraftKings, specifically if you're trying to get to McCaffrey or CeeDee Lamb, so that Njoku and Downs here looks pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a very deep tight end slate, um, which is always nice because oftentimes you can get stronger volume, you know, playing a tight end in a flex relative to a wide receiver. Um, that said, I think, you know, looking at these dumpster diving options, my favorite, at least right now, is Chigo Konkwu. Um, just looking at his usage with Will Levis under center, he's actually the best uh, value by expected fantasy points per dollar of DraftKings uh, salary on this slate overall. So Jig, you know, looking like a very strong value, especially if, as you noted, Josh Wiley ends up being out again in week 15. Yeah. So there's a couple early DFS thoughts. Again, uh, pay attention to the weather as the week progresses, mainly Saturday night. Uh, you know, we have Kevin Roth here, I think on Wednesday morning, he'll put out the weather, but the, the, what is it? The AI hasn't figured out the weather yet. They can't, can't tell us exactly what it's going to do that far in advance. So you're going to have to pay attention uh, as the week progresses on weather, sports betting, DFS, uh, all of that fun stuff. Uh, but uh, let's talk now uh, about some of the tools at Fantasy Points because uh, there's a couple, we've, we've got the tool man. He's sitting right below me. Uh, we've got Chris here. He wants to talk uh, a little QB coverage matchup chart. Uh, he is the data scientist behind all of these fun things you see at Fantasy Points here. Chris, what do you want to talk about? I've got it pulled up. What kind of matchups are standing out this week? Yeah, so this is a newer tool we've rolled out. I believe it's still free that you can get access to it. So what we're basically doing here is we take a look at all the coverage schemes that yep. uh, opposing or QBs are going to see from their opposing matchup for that week and basically come up with a, an expected fantasy points per drop crack based off how they perform versus those coverages. Um, so there's some interesting guys that are popping this week. Uh, first thing is... The like Jake mentioned earlier, the Buffalo Dallas game will likely be popular. Dak is slightly cheaper than Josh Allen and probably more fun to stack with like CD Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and whatnot. I think people are going to prefer the Dak side. Um, but Josh Allen is actually the guy that's showing is a better matchup versus this, and that's largely because both both Dak and Josh Allen have thrived versus man coverage this year. That's kind of been whether the reason their scores are as high as they are. But the Bills don't play man all that much, only about 20% of the time, whereas the Cowboys play man the most in the league at 40% of the time. So Josh Allen's going to get looks that he's comfortable with, and I think that could be uh, a reason to go with Josh Allen over Dak Prescott. Um, the other one that is kind of sneaky, and it's a, you know, it's a real you know, not fun to click, but I think could help you get some of these more expensive pieces, is Will Levis versus the Texans. We've seen the Texas get into some shootouts this year. It would be nice if Stroud is in to really push the pace. But even if he's not, Levis is showing as the biggest uh, coverage grade boost uh, of all QBs this week at 32%. That's because he has absolutely crushed cover four this year. Over one fantasy point per drop rack, which is huge. And the nobody plays more cover four than the Houston Texans. So Levis is kind of a sneaky, you know, gross play that, you know, could pay off. You stack him with Hopkins or, or Chig even, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, you were talking, uh, Jake, about Justin Fields. I mean, his matchup even looks reasonably well from a coverage perspective, let alone his upside that he has in rushing. Basically, um, he, he's running a lot more. It's basically the repeat of last year. Halfway through the season, they said, oh, Justin Fields, he's, he's good at running the ball. Let's let him run the ball a little bit more. Um, so you have that plus uh, a reasonably good passing matchup, even against the stout. Uh, Cleveland defense, so maybe a little bit of sneaky upside there. And DJ Moore just finds what f six different ways to get in the end zone every week. I mean that that dude has been what a steal 
the the Bears got trading that number one pick. Just uh, you know, I've written about it on scores and odds a bunch, and I think I've even talked about it on the show a little bit. But man, just that's like an all this that that could possibly be like an all time worst trade of all time in a draft to trade up to get Bryce Young based on how his career started. He's he's got a little ways, uh, another year or two probably with a full leash to figure it out. Um, but right now the Bears uh, completely. Uh, you know, wipe the floor on that deal. Uh, let's get to Jake. Jake wants to talk the advanced receiving. I've gone in the weeds, Jake. I, I tried to follow what you were writing down in pre-show here, and this is one of the reasons we like a certain player prop on the week. It's already out on the sports books. It's on uh, the F- Fantasy Pick'em site, so you can go get the prop we're about to talk about right now using this tool, but no, nowhere else, especially not for a very low price or even free on some of the tools that you offer. Can you go and find a target share of a player once a certain quarterback goes down in the middle of the game? So what we filtered for is what did the Chargers offense look like once Easton Stick came into the game? So this is basically as soon as Justin Herbert got injured, these are all of Easton Stick's pass attempts. If you're following along in the show and you have access to the tool, uh, all you do, I filtered to week 14. You go over to the more filters. uh, You go to the play tool. And that injury happened with 32 minutes remaining in the game. I've set the max 32 minutes remaining in the game. Boom, we have the stats. Jake, let's break it down. What are we looking at? Yeah, so Austin Eckler had five total targets for a 21% target share with Eason Stick at quarterback. You know, I know Chris can speak to this just from charting games. Backup quarterbacks tend to be pretty aggressive checking the ball down in part because I'd imagine they're pretty nervous throwing the ball downfield, but also because offenses tend to draw up shorter throws for backup quarterbacks as they don't trust them the same as the starter. Eckler's 21% target share was his highest target share of the season. Um, And again, you know, that 21% came in the 32 minutes he played with Easton Stick. So, um, yeah, we're we're gonna uh, love that for a prop that we talk about later in the show because Eckler's receiving prop is just way too low with a backup quarterback under center. Yeah, and Keenan Allen still hasn't practiced. It's a Thursday game. I'm assuming he'll pro- he'll probably suit up in some way on Wednesday, but he's been banged up for a couple of weeks now. And uh, you know, if he's not doing it, Austin Eckler is certainly going to be doing it. And he looked he actually looked good for the first time in a while. Maybe he was hiding an injury for a while, and now he's starting to get healthy. So all of that is playing uh, really well into Austin Eckler on this one. So there's just so many things you can do with all the tools over at Fantasy Points. This is basically the only way to do this that I know of in the entire fantasy football industry, unless you want to spend tens of thousands of dollars uh, somewhere else. I probably don't want to do that. So uh, a great tool, very easy to use, and a great way to look at when a, a quarterback goes out, what does the backup, what do those targets, what do all of those routes look like? Um, absolutely amazing work here. Chris, you probably had something to do with us, right? Yep. Yeah. The... Yep, yep. Good Good job, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, great uh, all right. So those are a couple of tools at Fantasy Points. There's a lot more. Uh, some of them are still free. Uh, go check those out. Um, the rest are behind the paywall. Uh, it's relatively cheap. Uh, the only other thing I use other than the stuff of Roto-Grinders in my research. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about the props and pick them package at Roto-Grinders. You can check it out. It's brand new. The experts at the Roto-Grinders projections team take our premium stats and comb through the market for any inefficiencies using our model. You can easily see which lines are off or to find them and how likely the prop will hit based on our tool. You can check out the link in the description for more info. Uh, if you don't, um, you know, it's basically good if you can only play on the fantasy pick them sites or you just want to buy props and not spreads. 
uh, a, a great little addition to our Roto-Grinder subscriptions. You can get access to that over there. Uh, all right, let's talk about sports betting. Uh, there's a couple. It looks like me and Chris are going toe-to-toe here. So let, let's get this battle out of the way. This is not my stand take. I, I'll, I'll talk my stand on this one. Uh, but Chris, let's try to dice this out here. I, I I like hearing opposite reasons from people when I'm on the other side, right? Because I'm I'm definitely on the Denver Broncos this week. And I see in the sheet here, it looks like you like the Lions. So I'm going to tell you why I like the Broncos. And then you can tell me why we like the Lions. And then Jake, you can pick a side and decide the winner from the Battle Royale. So I am all over. I'll bring it up on scores and odds here too. Uh, all over the Broncos because... I think you talked about how you were worried about the Lions a little bit. I know they're at home, and I know that's a big thesis for you this week. But man, the Lions—basically, how bad were those was, were that well, those Broncos teams those first five or six weeks? That's how bad this Lions defense is now. Like they can't stop anybody. They've given up twenty nine point eight points per game uh, over the past five games to the Packers. Yeah, they just lost to the Giants. The Bears twice. Yeah, not great. And uh, the Saints and the Chargers, eh, give, give or take on them, but not offensive juggernauts. They can't stop anybody right now. And the Broncos, they have completely flipped their team around. Sean Payton, uh, I think he was getting joked about for not being that great. I think he's clearly turned turned it around and has established himself as, a uh, again, one of the better coaches, I think, in the NFL. They're right in the thick of it for the playoffs. They're right in the thick of it. If the Chiefs are struggling, they, they could take this division pretty easily. If the, Chiefs, if the Chiefs slip up and lose one game, I think the Broncos have a chance to, to possibly take that division as well. I would put this at plus three for the Broncos, and you can find it. It's been going up all week. I don't know, Chris, I don't know if you're jamming in millions of dollars on the Lions, but some, someone's moving this line. It's up to plus five and a half. This is probably, I think, as high as it's going to get this week. Uh, I would put it at plus three uh, if I was setting the lines. I see no reason for it to be any more than that. The, the Lions haven't been showing me anything in recent games. They can score points, but I think the Broncos' defense is not the Broncos' defense from the first couple of weeks. Um, they're managing Russell Wilson. He's become uh, very efficient. Uh, he just throws touchdowns to Cortland Sutton every week. Seems to be working. Uh, why mess that up? So Broncos plus five and a half for me. Uh, another one of the games I'm okay betting this now based on my take because it's in a dome. There's no weather. Uh, so I, I'm fine with this one. What I want from you, Chris, is why are you on the Lions? I know you have some splits, home road, all that going for Mr. Small Hands Golf. Yeah, so I actually didn't see the plus five and a half. I saw Lions minus four and a half. So five and a half is definitely there's a four and a half. You can if it lands on five, you can middle it out there. Yeah, but so I, I, I like the the plus five and a half. Just seems like a lot for the Broncos. Th- that does sound a little bit more aggressive. The four and a half, um, much more on the Lions side there. Um, yeah, the home road splits are are obvious. We've seen the Lions play much better at home, basically as long as golf has been there. Um, they, the, the main thing I really like is, um, the first thing is a little bit of a narrative thing, but the lines do, do tend to bounce back off of losses very well. When they lost to the Packers, they came out versus the saints and basically jumped all over the saints. I know the saints started to put up points, uh, in that game, but the Lions' offense was clicking on all cylinders there. The, the biggest thing I really like about the Lions this week is the Broncos, are one of the worst run defenses in the league and the lions, if they can love to run the ball. I think that both Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery could have good games here. And I I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to stop them on the ground. And when you get, and when they get behind, I'm not full. I know the Broncos offense has been way better recently, but I'm not fully bought in that Russell Wilson will be able to dig him out of, uh, of a hole if they get behind in this game. All right. I can, I can certainly see the, the reasoning on that one too. So um, 
maybe I'm not as thrilled, but I'm still I've, I've the money's already in on the Broncos, so I can't take I can't take it back. Uh, that's one of my picks here. The one the stand I was talking about is without question the Atlanta Falcons minus three. Like what on earth are they doing as just three point favorites against the Pan- the Panthers? Stink. They have no offense. They have no defense. They have I mean Chuba Hubbard's great. Miles Sanders ran for seventy yards last. All they're doing is running the ball. Uh, trying to get the season over with as fast as possible, do the same thing next year so they can they can actually have draft picks in 2025. But man, the Falcons, I think they they finally figured out. Hey, well they figured out in the past game. Hey, this Drake London dude, pretty good. Let's get him the football. Maybe Kyle Pitts is okay. They're still not giving Bijan the ball enough, in my opinion. But against the Panthers, Bijan um, and uh, oh man, the other running back slipping his name, uh, Algier. Uh, these guys can be able to do whatever they want on the ground and then through the air if they have to. They, they finally figured out um, to, to get the ball to Drake London. Uh, I just think the Falcons should roll them in this game. The Panthers offense, they haven't scored 18 points in six straight, 16 straight games, uh, more than 18 points. Uh, I don't know. If the Falcons get to 20, 20 to 17, that, that's a push. But I think the Falcons can easily get well into the 20s in this one against the Panthers. And I, I don't know if the Panthers have the juice. The Falcons' defense is reasonably good. I know they gave it up to Baker Mayfield late, but they had a couple of turnovers from uh, Desmond Ritter in there. Uh, if Ritter does, just doesn't give the game away, uh, this should be a, 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 a cakewalk for the Falcons. I don't see why this is minus three. I would put this close to minus six uh, if, if I was in charge of making the lines at Sportsbooks this week. So the Falcons is definitely my play of the week. Uh, Jake, let's get to you on a couple of bets. Let's get you rolling in here. Yeah, so got a prop for Thursday night. Austin Eckler over 26 and a half receiving yards. As we noted earlier, season I 21% target share in his 32 minutes in week 14 with Eason Stick at quarterback. And he's gone over this mark in 60% of his games, despite, you know, clearly being hampered with that high ankle sprain that I believe he suffered in week one. And then I also got uh, the over in the Chicago uh, Cleveland game. Always scary, you know, taking an over with two bad offenses, but the total here is only 37 and a half can get the over at minus 105 over on FanDuel. This game was popping a bit in Graham Barfield's pace of play model, which I really like to use when I'm reviewing uh, totals for the week. And both quarterbacks have shown some serious upside throughout the year. I mean, we know Joe Flacco has been hyper aggressive throwing the ball downfield, and I I think that lends itself to an over. I did check the weather for this game, and it it does look clear, a little cold, of course, uh, but does look clear so far. So hopefully it stays that way um, after I laid the over. Yep. Uh, I like I can. The totals are getting low. Right. So like, uh, you know, 30, we're seeing 37s. We had the, they wouldn't, the, the scoring gods wouldn't let us get the under on the 30 from the Pittsburgh, New England game. But I'm looking at this. I haven't bet it. Uh, anyone have a take on the over 34 for a game with no weather concerns? I know there's backup quarterbacks, but that just, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at it. I haven't made a decision yet. Any, anyone have a take? It, it felt low when I first looked at it too. Uh, yeah. I, like, AOC has been decent, and you know Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs are there. I know Jacobs is banged up, but between Adams and Jacoby Myers, like they could do enough. I'm and, sold. I'm sold. I'm gonna put that in right after the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, uh, Chris, what are you looking at uh, other than your? Me and you are are at odds on the the Denver Lions game. What else you got? Uh, my probably my favorite one is the Bengals minus three and a half versus the Vikings. Uh, we just watched the Vikings bench Josh Jobs in the middle of the game because it looks like the Josh Jobs magic is uh, wearing out a bit. Uh, they'll probably go back to Dobbs. We have, we'll see if Justin Jefferson plays, but the Bengals defense has been solid. Uh, 
re- in recent weeks, especially we already talked about Jake Browning doing what's being asked of him pretty much and letting the playmakers do their things. They're, the Bengals' screen-heavy offense right now is a terrible matchup for the Vikings' defense that loves to blitz. You basically, if, if they're throwing quick screens at you, you pretty much can't blitz, and that's what defensive coordinator Brian Flores wants to do versus QBs. Um, their other option is they like to drop, basically only rush three and drop a bunch of guys. Uh, so if they do that, there's the screens game still works well against that. Cause they're going to have blockers out in front and then they have to make sure they're tackling well to wrap them up. So I think it's a really good matchup for the Bengals offense versus the Vikings defense. And we just watched Josh Dobbs get benched. Yeah. The, the key to Josh Dobbs, right? He has to go to a new team, right? He has <laughs> to not, not know anything about that. The players, he doesn't need to know it's the center's name. It. Just get on the field and wait. <laughs> the more he knows of the playbook, the worse it is. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's just, a, it's funny, but it's, I don't know. It's pretty much been true this year for him. He was great to start the year for Arizona. Uh, he was great for what was that Tennessee last year when he had to come in for the one game. He, yep. he did well enough, uh, was on fire for the Vikings for two games. And, and now that he knows everybody, it's just not working out for him. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I, I, I really like the take on the Cincinnati one. I might follow you into that one. you got another one here. Uh, I haven't written this up on scores and odds. I may or may not. I personally already bet it. Uh, a game in a dome, uh, the Colts, it looks like you're on. I, I certainly like this one as well. Yeah, Colts uh, get the Steelers this week. Uh, the big thing here for me is uh, TJ Watt probably not playing, especially with the whole he play, he came back in the game last week with the and he might have had a concussion. Uh, I doubt he plays this week. That defense is just massively different without TJ Watt on the field. I think the Colts offense has been solid this year. Their defense is not very good, but they're going to get either Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, so nothing to be too afraid of. I think the Colts can can win by more than a field goal here. All right, mine. I'll close it out. I got three bets, uh, so we're on Atlanta minus three is definitely my play of the week. I'm on Denver plus five and a half, and I'm going to close it out with a two team money line parlay. Uh, we're going with the Browns. I, I like this Joe Flacco offense. We've been talking about them all game, and I know the Bears. They they maybe can be good, but I mean this was against the Lions. And the Lions defense hasn't been doing anything. And a uh, newsflash, I know it wasn't great last week, but the Browns defense is actually uh, pretty, pretty good. And uh, I think them to win this game at home uh, looks pretty nice with how Joe Flacco has been moving this offense. Uh, the passing game has been revitalized. And against the Bears, I think that's going to work out pretty well. And I'm going to pair them with the Rams. We're going to talk about probably the most insane line number i've seen on a fantasy pick'em site uh, i'll check and see if it's still available I've, I've emptied my accounts into it uh so far but the rams against the commanders i mean if there was ever a team strength against the team's weakness it's matthew stafford and cooper cup and puka nakua against the past defense that the commanders have i know the commanders are off a bye but i don't really know if that's gonna do too much here i like the rams to win this game pretty easily you pair that with cleveland you can get a plus 111 uh, so a plus money parlay i think that was on caesar's uh, should be slightly plus money. Basically, everywhere you go, get that Rams, Browns, money line parlay for me. Uh, all right, so let's just get to what we're all what we're all on on fantasy pick'em. I, I was talking to Jake. I saw this earlier in the day. I, I couldn't believe the number that Underdog is posting, and I'm going to look it up live to make sure they do it before we talk about it because I don't want to give out something that isn't still available here. So let's see. Let me go on to – all right, it's still there, Jake. So let's just – the Matthew Stafford-Cooper Cup combination on underdog right now is perhaps the most ridiculous fantasy pick number I've seen all season. 
that you know these these sites put it out before the sports books put it out. And I, I almost think the Matthew Stafford number is 236.5 against Washington. This is the absolutely most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I almost think they meant to put 263.5 instead of 236.5. So this is without a doubt the absolute must play fantasy pick 'em. Uh, I've paired it with Cooper Cup more than 65 and a half receiving yards. He looks back if he's back and fully healthy against almost any team. I would play the 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 more than in that, but against Washington, I mean, this is a very easy click. You get the correlation without being penalized like you would against an actual sports book. And I'm going to stick with my basically this is the Browns show, week 15, Amari Cooper over 49 and a half receiving yards. Uh just if he's going to get 14 targets from Joe Flacco, probably won't get that many. But even if he gets eight to 10 targets with how Joe Flacco is throwing it against Chicago, who you, 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 it's not, you know, how do I want to put this? They're not easy to pass on, but you definitely can't run on Chicago currently right now. So just seems like a, a really low number for Amari Cooper to clear. There's a couple others. I like too. You can throw in Zeke at 52 and a half. Uh, I know Chris mentioned Zeke, like I know it's against the Chiefs, but 52 and a half for a guy who's going to get basically 20, maybe not 20, but like 17 carries under almost any scenario in this game. That's a very low bar to clear. Uh, I like Deontay Johnson at 47 and a half on underdog. Trubisky likes him, and that's just a really low number for a guy who's clearly the number one target in a dome. There's no weather. Those are all things you want working in your favor. Deontay Johnson, 47 and a half, just mix and match. The main thing, though, this Matthew Stafford number, right? Like, Jake, this is this is a ridiculous number that they're offering. Yeah, this is absurd. I'm I'm with you, Britt. I think this is the most mispriced line that they've posted all year. When uh, it went up last night, I pretty much unloaded my entire underdog account on it, and I expected it to be 15 yards higher when I woke up this morning. And no, only bumped up by three yards. What would you put? The, I would put this. I wrote on scores and odds up to 250, but I would legitimately, I think, thinking about it, I would play this to like two. It's gonna like 265. That that's what I was gonna say. I think it closes at 265. So tremendous value there. And Cooper Cup has looked healthy, as we've noted before. So it really is an easy pairing. Um, just absolutely love that prop. Uh, Joe Flacco at 213 and a half, I think is another great one. He's gone over 250 passing yards in both of his starts. And now he gets a Chicago defense that is, you know, a tougher on paper matchup, but they're also a top four pass funnel. So another 45 dropbacks for Joe Flacco looks extremely likely. And he's been so aggressive throwing the ball downfield that 213 yards just feels way too low. Not quite as juicy as the Stafford prop, but, but still very strong. And then of course, you know, as we noted earlier, Austin Eckler over 26 and a half receiving yards. Again, that's just another one that's way too low with a backup quarterback projected in. So those are my four favorite picks. I feel like this is just a great week for pick them overall. A lot of soft lines out on the yeah, board. Yeah, you can right put now. the Flacco with Cooper, get two correlated plays with Stafford and Cup and Cooper. You put that on like a FanDuel or DraftKings, it would pay out what, like plus 500 and it's playing out plus a thousand on an underdog and a prize picks, et cetera, like that. So a very, very nice combination there. Chris, you've got a couple other um, numbers that you wanted to look at. I mean, it's just like Jake said, this is probably the best week for fantasy pick them early in the week. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss something, but Prize Picks doesn't even have a Stafford number up. I didn't think I saw one no. earlier, but they, I they, don't, they, they did. They yeah, did not. Yeah, they don't even have one up. Um, so off that, I do like the under on Kyron William, eighty and a half rushing yards. Not really anything negative about Kyron. We're just all pretty high on Stafford. I think that 
McVeigh will know to pat, attack this Washington defense through the air and just like betting on the under on the rushing game. Uh, we already talked about Eckler over 26 and a half is also on prize picks. Uh, I like the under on Mixon 64 and a half, mostly just because I think Chase Brown does start to get more involved. Mixon's going to keep getting all those high value touches, but those are not where you rack up yardage. And then last one would be Josh Allen over 259 and a half on prize picks. Uh, I already talked about how I like the Josh Allen matchup this week. He's going to have to put up points against the Cowboys, and uh, I think he can get near that 300-yard mark this week. Are, are the Bills – the Bills' defense wasn't so injured. They would they would easily be, I think, the best team in the AFC as it currently stands right now. I, I want it to be the Ravens, but they're – I don't know. They're just – they're not they're not closing out the games like they should for me. And I think the Bills – with the new OC, they're switching up a little bit. It's not only going to Stephon Diggs. They've they're starting to run the ball more. Are the like I, I saw it last week in Kansas City. I, I know we've we had the lateral sort of taken away, so we don't really, in theory, know who the best team was in that one. It looked like the the Chiefs were probably going to score on that one if Tony didn't line up offsides. But I don't. I think that it's probably. I don't know the Bills. The I don't know are the Dolphins fake. They just lost to the Titans. There's not a, there's not a good team in the AFC. It's very tough for me to try to work that one out. Yeah, if Tyreek has a injury is real at all, that yeah. the Dolphins are he, done. He is he, the MVP. He looks yeah. like the MVP. Like because that team, yeah. they were horrible without him for what those two and a half quarters he wasn't playing in in week week fourteen. Yep. Uh, all right, I think that's good. About do it for the week fifteen. We covered DFS sports betting. Fantasy pick them. Go get that Matthew Stafford number on underdog. I'm, I'm staring at it. It's still there. Won't be there uh, when you wake up in the morning. Uh, sorry for all those that watch not on Tuesday night live. Uh, but, yeah, like that one. Plenty of information. Make sure to check the weather as the week progresses. There could be some sticky spots as we uh, progress later in the season. Always important to note that, again, from sports betting and for DFS. Other than that, uh, everyone have a good time. Chris, I want to thank you for filling in on short notice. Jake, always good seeing you. We'll be back here next week for week 16 on the Prime Point Show. For Jake and Chris, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we out, chat.